to a mini episode of Sharpen That Axe, a guide to strengthening your mini skills as a mini guitar you're, player. You're, if you're a tiny guitar player, is that it? Tiny guitar player, yeah. World's that's, tiniest that's guitar player. <laughs> yeah, let's let's let's. We don't have time. There's a, it's a mini episode. We don't have time to go back and re-record this. Hello, everybody. Um, welcome. We are trying to do these mini sort of technique-focused episodes now uh, as part of the podcast because that's what people were looking for. Uh, so we are happy to oblige. It is our our you know our civic duty to uh, supply you with our thoughts on techniques and whatnot. So, John, I'm going to be playing the role as usual as the idiot who doesn't know anything because about guitar because you know it's not too far off the truth and you are going to be the Fish wise the wise yoda sage master um uh, basically sharing your insight from over a decade of guitar teaching uh, so you thought that picking would be a good place to somewhat start on these uh episodes so we we're saying this picking is a, a massive umbrella term in terms of right. techniques so we were like let's give a brief overview in this episode and then for the foreseeable future we are going to essentially break down the various picking techniques because i had forgotten about how many of them there are so uh we so what we're going to do is john if you want to share what are we going to do with this series in terms of like content well i thought what we could do today anyway is kind of give the audience just a brief overview of several different types or technique picking techniques is probably a better way to put it because yeah. <clears throat> there will be circumstances in which you can use all of these as a guitar player you know what we're talking about primarily is using a, a plectrum um, or flat picking depending on what part of the world you're from and as opposed to finger finger style stuff so strictly finger style that's that's a whole different topic and a whole different route that we can go down but right now we wanted to cover just a few of the the basic ideas behind using a plectrum or a flat pick or however you want to call it or just a pick and and cover those basic concepts sweet okay cool so when people think picking i mean okay so a brief history of my playing i remember being in secondary school and i remember having this shred master guitar player come in and teach us for a few months when i was about 15 16 and he was he basically stressed in the very first lesson the importance of playing with a pick because that was his chosen genre and since then i have never played a gig without one it has been like i i, I cannot it's like a soldier without a gun. I cannot play guitar without a pick, you know? And I suppose it's the same with you, even though you have a bit more of a classical background mm -hmm. in terms of uh, your, your uh, stylistic, you know, inspirations in yeah. terms of what you play. Yeah, I would say I normally play with a pick. There are some instances where I would really, even on an electric guitar, would really trying to get a particular tone, I might play mm -hmm. with my fingers. Um, when you think of somebody like Jeff Beck, there's a lot that you can do. But from my background, one of my earliest teachers was very adamant, strict alternate picking guy. Like he cut his teeth on Al Di Miola and John Petrucci licks. And okay. so for yeah. me, that's where I was coming from on that. Like it was strict alternate picking and Steve Morse as well. So okay, all yeah. those guys, big alternate pickers. So what is alternate picking? That's probably the best place I think that we can start. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea here is it's pretty simple. You're alternating up and down strokes, right? Yeah. But the, there is a little bit more to it than that. And a, a good resource of, for this, of course, is Troy Grady, friend of the show. Um, what a great interview that was too, by the way. It's a two-parter. Go back and check it out. 
And there's a lot that he talks about in his work on in terms of the angle of the pick and the attack of the pick, because a lot of people assumed that just placing that pick flat on the string and then down and up, um, a lot of people don't realize the position of your of your hand. And so this is a big thing that Troy really covers well is alternate picking really depends a lot on your hand position and understanding what you're doing. The big reason we wanted to cover a lot of this stuff is because sometimes picking falls by the wayside in favor of trying to get your left hand faster. But if you don't know what you're doing with your right hand and you're not conscious of it, mm-hmm. in other words, you're not conscious of what type of picking you prefer or the position of your hand, whether you kind of roll your wrist a little bit so the the back of your hand faces down or maybe you roll it so the back of your hand faces up. And, and in Troy's terminology, that's downward pick slanting and upward pick slanting respectively. Mm-hmm. That changes a lot on how you change strings and and how you can smoothly go from one note to the next. And his whole point is that you understand the position of your hand and what's comfortable for you in order to maximize that alternate picking efficiency. Okay. And we'll, we'll cover that more as we go through these next few weeks. And we'll definitely have some exercises and some resources on our Patreon that you can access. But um, your thoughts on that, Dylan. So I know that for the most part, like you, you do a fair bit of alternate picking and alternate picking is not necessarily something just to clarify that you would have to use exclusively, but no. um, it would be something that is very common. Yeah, I think when in terms of uh, the the beauty is in the simplicity. I find that like I have tried inside picking and economy picking before, and mm. I think <laughs> it's a it's a it, you know if you have the patience for it, you know if you want to go all Frank Gambale, the beauty of alternate picking lies in the simplicity in terms of like it is the same repetitive action. When you go to a different type of picking like economy or inside picking, which I've tried and just did not have the patience for, there's a lot more. You know, it's not um i suppose it, it's would you call it more focused it's just very difficult to wrap my head around it from having been used to alternate picking for so long i remember going to this guitar teacher uh, a few years ago one of galway's best guitar teachers declan collins like uh, renowned across the country for you know being such a good player and he said that as a guitar player you're going to start looking you need to look at what the the, the picking hand is doing not what because yeah. everyone else is going to look at the you know all the punters in the pub are going to look at the left hand in terms of the fretting hand and the movements there but the real beauty like the real technique lies in what the picking hand is doing so mm-hmm. that that's always kind of stuck with me it's always something that i kind of look at in terms of like when i see guitarists doing like these lightning fast runs like are they alternate picking at all like where are they starting uh, so i think it's it's something that you know you can also get a lot of from just breaking down youtube videos slowing them down kind of zooming in in terms of that i think it's I think alternate picking is it's it's easy to do in practice, but very hard for me anyway, I think just in terms of building up speed, but we'll get back to that later in terms of how to improve. So yeah. So after alternate picking, John, what else is there? I mean, that might be all, some, some, some people that might be all they know. What else? What right. Else? Well, the, the big thing with alternate picking and the next thing we were going to talk about is economy picking is really how you transition to the next string. And this is something most people don't, understand what they're doing in their right hand like you said that's what's really important so having a concept of where your right hand is 
in the middle of a stroke, you know, that's, the, that's what's really important. If we were to look at a three note per string pattern and you start on a downstroke, it's gonna go down, up, down. And then what you do next determines whether you tend more towards alternate picking or economy picking. So an alternate okay. picker will go down, up, down, and then you change strings and you'll go up, down, up. But when you put that whole pattern together, you have down, up, down, up, down, up. And then the next string is another downstroke. Now, if economy picking is more your style, then you'll realize that what you're going to play is on the first string will be down, up, down. And then when you transition strings, it'll be another downstroke. So as long as you're going in that same direction, that's economy picking. And I have found a lot more people prefer economy picking than they realize. So they, they naturally tend more towards that in their right hand as opposed to thinking that they need to alternate pick everything. You don't need to alternate pick everything unless that's what you find comfortable. So for me and the teaching that I had when I was developing my technique, alternate picking became more natural for me. Whether or not I started as an economy picker, I have no idea. And it wasn't until much later when I really started breaking down my own technique that I realized I do everything alternate picking instead of economy picking. Now, economy picking is essentially just keeping, as long as you're heading in that direction, you keep that, for example, a downstroke is, is if you're going from six, five, four, three, two, down to the first string. If you're coming back the other direction, you can still start on a downstroke. So for example, if you're starting on the first string, you might do down, up, down, and then the next one is going to be an upstroke naturally. And so you have up, down, up, and then you'll play that next one with another upstroke. So even though you start on a downstroke and it appears to be alternate picking, you'll really be able to figure out kind of what you're doing on that three note per string pattern and what's comfortable. And so okay. when you're developing this idea of what's comfortable, start with those three note per string patterns. And that'll be a dead giveaway for you what's comfortable. And economy picking is that idea of just going across the strings in the same direction, but that's different than sweet picking. So, okay. <laughs> now you've been you've been kind of looking at Bernd's, uh stuff and and the sweeping ideas, and how has that been for you? Yeah. So, I mean, for friends who don't know, um, John did not just mispronounce the word burnt. Um, we are referring to a friend of the show, Bernd Protega. Got it. Uh, <laughs> who uh, is a fantastic YouTuber who does all sorts of videos on all sorts of picking. Uh, so, I mean, so he has this video, I think that, you know, people, it got a lot of love on YouTube in terms of the 10 levels of sweet picking. And I suppose like for me, sweet picking is just, it's not, it doesn't really belong in the music that I listen to uh, in terms of like from, from a guitar point of view, I would listen to blues and country and for like a personal enjoyment songwriting point of view, I'd listen to a lot of like indie and singer songwriter stuff. So yeah, nobody's, you know, Randy Newman ain't sweet picking um, <laughs> that I know of. Uh, so I think for me, you'd probably be a lot more familiar, I think, in terms of the world of sweet picking, because I'd say, like, who popularized it as a concept? Um, I would say probably Ingve is, is the one that would be most credited with that. Yeah. Um, but the, and popularized it is a good way to put it, because there's some videos out there of, like, Barney Kessel 
and these these other jazz guys from you know the 60s and the 70s who are just shredding and they're playing these arpeggios because really sweet picking it tends to be an arpeggiated chord that you are playing one note at a time and your right hand is almost in a strumming motion so it's not quite as fast as a strumming motion but you're playing it one note at a time as you go across the strings. Similar to economy picking, um, but there tends not to be an upstroke or a downstroke there. So it's a technique that has existed for a very long time just because it is an arpeggiated chord. And you'll even see, I mean, Wes Montgomery kind of does that a little bit as well. He's much more quarterly oriented. And so you'll see some of that, not necessarily as fast as some of the guys like Barney Kessel, um, but it's, it's a technique that's been around for a while. I think in terms of the shred world, Ingve probably made that popular. And then from there, just kind of proliferated and arms proliferated pro <laughs> proliferation of sweet picking. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very, very much an acquired taste. It is very impressive. I think if you can sweep and if you can throw it in, um, like it, it does look and sound really, really cool, but you are like a few steps away from Dragon Force. <laughs> I mean, it, it is Dragon Force. It is Dragon Force. Yeah. So, and and um, you, you, but like I said, I mean, it's something that's existed for a very long time. You can see uh, a lot of gypsy jazz guys who were playing this ages ago. Um, and it goes back to even the classical idea of being able to play these arpeggiated chords in the right hand and kind of with a roll. So yeah, yeah. it's it's a pretty common guitar technique. It's existed for a while. Um, and the funny thing is when you look at a lot of these things, whether it's sweeping or tapping, there's almost always something that you can point to in the very earliest, well, not the earliest, but guitar literature that dates back to the 1880s and you can find somebody okay. doing it. So um, it's, it's not new, but perfecting it is still really tricky. Yeah, yeah, I, I highly recommend for people that are looking. Bernd also has a course in terms of like, you know, I think it's like the 10 levels of sweet picking, uh, which seems to be really concise. His material is like some of the best out there in terms mm -hmm. of YouTube stuff and also his courses seem to be class as well. Sweet, okay. Cool. So now we're moving into something that is a little bit more my wheelhouse. Uh, yes. Of, yes. So uh, hybrid picking. So I might as well just, I, I, I'll just go through my experience with it to start off maybe having, knowing little to nothing about uh, sweet picking. So I, <laughs> So, so hybrid picking is uh, it's essentially using the pick, but also implementing the uh, middle and ring finger like you would do in terms of finger picking or uh, thumb picking, you know, like mm -hmm. Tommy Emanuel would do, except you're, you're missing a digit. I have seen people use their pinky. I think that's sacrilege. I think you, got, you should be I'm going to go the, with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's, just, ugh, it's, just, it's unnatural. It's not flamenco. Me. Come on, seriously. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Nobody wants to listen to Flamenco. Um, so, <laughs> uh, what essentially what you're doing is you are using uh, when you're playing. You are it's 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 perfect for triplets and for arpeggios in terms of using your you know your pick and then your middle and then your ring finger, and it's just in, it, it's 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 all over country. It's, you know, a lot of people in blues will use it. Um, my introduction to it was Rory Gallagher. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So my first foray into 
finger picking, I mean, sorry, into hybrid picking was I saw a guitarist do a cover of my favorite Rory Gallagher song. And this is like, this is what made it my favorite Rory Gallagher song called Ed on the Western Plain, which I believe is a lead belly song that he kind of, you know, worked his magic on. A lot of Rory's stuff was covers that he essentially kind of updated with Mm -hmm. uh, kind of really mad blues chops. And I was just, what really got me about the hybrid thing was he was able to make the guitar sound like two guitars in that he'd keep the drone going between the, it's in drop D between, well, dadgad, between the, um, the low E and the D. And then he'd use essentially the other two fingers to kind of play melodies around that. So he'd keep the drone going and then he'd keep the, you know, he'd use the other ones for like voicing melodies, which was like blew my mind. I like would sit down, for hours and just practice the boom and then practice stuff right. around that. And it is really difficult. Um if somebody if you know if you know I released some music um some I've got some kind of older sounding kind of blues songs that would incorporate that sort of picking, which you know took me so long to get down. And it's really something I need to brush up on, but it is kind of like riding a bicycle. It's just all about getting that rhythm and playing that for hours and hours until you're so comfortable doing it that your other fingers can essentially build on it um but then again i mean like if you've got country like all the brad paisley stuff brent mason um mm. uh, just it's i i don't know what it is about hybrid breaking that i love so much i think it's just the jim little also has some videos on it it's just in terms of i think it just sounds you get such a twang off the guitar it just adds so much color in terms mm. of the tone um yeah I, I like would you have much experience with hybrid picking joe um a fair bit like uh, my first introduction was actually cliffs of dover yes so um i forgot then, yeah yeah because right there at the end of the intro but uh, so for me hybrid picking i think is really useful when you're dealing with double stops yes and just just a clear up that terminology double stop just means two notes at the same time it's a two note chord it's just a fancy term um but i think it's it's really useful for that because when you're playing a note on say the third and fourth string it's really easy to kind of get that that picking pattern going and kind of work on that alternating between those two and it's really great for pentatonic riffs as well I, I definitely enjoy doing that. Or you can take that D shape chord and slide that around the fretboard. And that's always a really easy one to kind of throw that hybrid yeah. picking on as well. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun type of picking. I think it's, it's one, once you can kind of get the basics down and throw it into some, like, like you were saying there into some pentatonic stuff, it does, it's, it's, it's fun to play. Yeah. Um, and it, it sounds, and you're right. Like there is a really different sound to it as opposed to just playing those notes with a pick. Because not always, but frequently you could play those notes with a pick, but getting that little pop and that, like you said, that twang, but the, the, the finger has a very different sound than the actual pick. So especially when you're playing clean, you get, you get a really different, kind of a warmer tone out of that. Um, yeah. And it's, it's fun to mess around with for sure really is i think that in terms of you know and and there's there are songs that you can just hear it you just know mm-hmm. that it's hybrid picking like lenny by stevie ray Vaughan. oh yeah Some really nice little stuff up just up the fretboard that he's hybrid picking and it's just it's yeah it's just i i love it i think and hendrix was a big user of it as well and um, in his own way so yeah um, well yeah. and and like we said i mean all of these things are tools it's uh most people are not going to be playing only one 
style of picking. And, and so being able to look at these things and diversify your technique is at least have a little bit going on there. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Sweet. So I suppose those are the main topics. Um, we will be touching on these again in future, just in terms of uh, improving uh, acts to listen to, like other ones that we've meant, that we mentioned before. I suppose one more thing to touch on, John, that you mentioned before we started recording was left hand and right hand coordination. So this is a big thing, especially in the world of mm-hmm. picking. Um, why? Like, what? What? What is this concept? for people that wouldn't really be aware, maybe people that are just starting out? Yeah, so sometimes referred to as synchronization, but the idea that your left hand and right hand line up. Mm. Typically speaking, when it comes to alternate picking, I'm able to teach people how to play tremolo style picking, which is just really fast alternate picking. It's a slightly different technique than strict alternate picking where you're using more of your wrist. Tremolo technique tends to bring in a little bit more of your arm as well. Um, And we can kind of talk a little bit about that more as we get into that, uh, the alternate picking episode. But specifically speaking, you can actually pick up a fair bit of speed relatively quickly with tremolo picking. The trick is, is making sure that your left hand is in sync with the pick. And more often than not, those are gonna be, um, there's gonna be a period of kind of trying to bring those together. Your left hand might be faster at first then your right hand might be faster. And so just be aware that as you're building up your speed and you're working on your technique, that there is gonna be a discrepancy there. It's really important to make sure those things sync up because that's where the flub notes come from. Sometimes most people think, oh, it's my left hand. Well, it's not necessarily your left hand, your finger's in the right position but you need to strike at the same time. And so there are definitely some things like the biggest thing I can say is start slow, go fast, finish slow or slower. So for example, if you're using a metronome in order to get things to sync up, start somewhere where it's exceedingly easy and you can really focus on looking at your both hands, striking at the same time. And then from there, go until everything falls off the rails. So if you're starting at 16th notes at 100 beats per minute or 80 in order to just play it really even and then and really accurately and you get up to 160 and everything falls off the rails, back it off to 140, 120 and make sure that you finish strong and you finish clear and concise. And that's where you can see the most progress in terms of speed, dexterity and accuracy. Getting a pain in my shoulder just thinking about that. Fun times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sweet. Um, cool. This was fun. So yeah, so as we said, we are going to be touching on all these different styles uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, every We're trying to get a mini episode out every second episode. Uh, so this will be our focus for the next few weeks. So yeah, tune in. If you have any uh, recommendations or tips, please get them on to us at sharpenthatax at gmail.com. And yeah, look us up on Patreon where we will be having uh, resources out uh, as soon as the episodes come out. But yeah, this was fun. Um, I forgot, like picking is something that it's i don't know if it's overlooked in terms of you know people want to always get better at legato i think it depends on what you're trying to play but we've covered yeah. a lot of ground here in terms of you know the different styles and their um, implications is it implications the word implementation I don't know. <laughs> I had, I, it's been a long day all of the above all of the above yeah so sweet. yeah yeah that's it friends uh john anything you'd like to add no, I don't think so. Do check us out on Patreon. We'll have some, we'll have kind of the introductory resources here. And then um, for a dollar a month, what we'll have 
for you as well, or just some exercises and some extra tips on how to improve your own picking with this. Pick on, my friends. Stay sure. <laughs> <laughs>